writing. Steve Vines. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> you're, 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 you're thinking, can we all go home now? I'm not actually. I'm <laughs> well, not actually, if you're, if you're a sucker enough to be a radio broadcaster, number eight doesn't, stop, doesn't do it for you're, you. You're, you're still in the office, aren't you? That's great. All systems go. Well, the thing is, we're looking at my phone now, and it, it looks like it's curling round upon us. And two dots away, it became red, which means typhoon. Gosh. And it's, I don't know. Science, that must be. Well, I don't know. I'm all against it, honestly. I mean, you well, know, it, it's funny how your, your opinion changes. When I was mainly an employee, I was all in favour of these excuses to leave work. Now I'm wearing another hat and I spend a lot of my time being an employer. I don't think people should have a day off. Splitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. This is interesting. Let's see what happens. It, the number three went up at about nine o'clock this morning and it stays there. So look. We will look after you. How's yes, that? Yes, yes. Uh, apparently you have to keep tuned to your radio. Tune to your wireless. Tune to your wireless. Steve will be bringing around coffee and candy <laughs> floss to your office. And cakes if and it gets cakes. really serious. <laughs> we'll email you a cake. What's going, actually, the interesting thing here is, uh, slightly weather-related, uh, the, the taxi drivers have peed off once again because of the various, quite a few apps, uh, some of which they say are legal, some of which are illegal, and some of which they use themselves. Mm. But they've talked about a strike... And it seems from social media that there isn't a lot of sympathy for them this time. Well, yeah, I mean, what, what they're saying basically is these people who don't have to pay vast sums of money for licences can, can nevertheless put themselves out for hire. And I, I do understand that. But on the other hand, you have to say that the average taxi driver sometimes doesn't do themselves a hell of a lot. That's of, also all over social <laughs> yeah, media. A hell you of know. a lot. And of, today uh, might be good. a test. Today, if it kicks off, might be a test. Very often, I don't know the reason for this, but they go stealth. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is that if you can get a taxi when a number eight's gone up, you more or less expect to pay a premium for that. Or a you? number three these days. Anyway, yeah. the, the point being, here's your chance to be cuddly and fuzzy and win back the love of the Hong Kong people. Mm, anyway. Yes, yes, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile. Um, I mean, talk about lost opportunities. I mean, this is this. I can't believe this hasn't got more publicity. But we, we had the education secretary, the, the fellow with the nice brushed-over hair, Eddie Ng, I believe he's called. Eddie, he's a, he's a great lad, very dynamic. Yep. Who 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 proudly announces? You, you cannot believe this. That that they are going to close forty-one primary classes. Yeah. in the coming year because enrolments are falling. Now, let's just look at this. Hong Kong has a golden opportunity. And when I say golden, this is something which research backs up literally around the globe. Yeah. That cl small class sizes in primary school have an exponential effect. Exponential. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on pupils' ability. Yeah. So this is the crucial stage for learning. And small classes really, really, really make a difference. So you've got a temporary blip in enrolments. Apparently it's going to reverse itself in the next couple of years. So the first thing they you do... You mean after they close them? Yeah, well, yes, after they've closed them, that's right. So the first thing they do is they say, gosh, we may be treating our children too well. Let them, let's punish them. Let's close down these schools. Now, the average class size in primary schools, and it must be true because these figures come from the education department, is, is 27. Yeah. Which actually isn't bad by um, global comparison. What it was is. it when you were at school? Can you remember? It was a lot higher than that, I can tell you. Really? 27 in a class would have been a luxury, but uh, 
Anyway, things have improved. I mean, we're talking about somewhere just after the Middle Ages. All right. So things have improved <laughs> since then. But the fact of the matter is, it's not bad in Hong Kong. I don't want to overstress it. But we have this golden opportunity to make it that much better. So what do they do? They say, oh, well, I'll tell you what. We can save a bit of money here. I mean, you know, we've we've got bridges to nowhere to build. We've got we've got mega well, projects. Let's to... see how. Let's see because the tide seems to be changing well, on the, the railway tide seems anyway. To be changing, but the money is being spent. You know, come come hell or high water, this is a relatively. In fact, why use the word relatively? This is a cheap option right. compared with practically everything else the government's doing. So, if they were to seize this opportunity and say, "I'll tell you what." Enrolments are going down. We're going to have really small class sizes, even if it's for a couple of years. It's a wonderful thing. And guess where the cuts are going to be? Go on. There's going to be no prizes for any listener who, who whacks in an email on this. The <sighs> district that's going to be most hit first is Tun Moon. Because you know what Tun Moon's full of? Ordinary people. Ordinary people. Some of whom's families. We just, noodles. we just don't know their families. We just don't know who they are. So these people who are busy sending their own kids off to elite schools with very small classes... In China, of course. Uh, uh, or possibly America. Chinatown, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these people who, for whom nothing is good enough for their own kids, and, and why shouldn't it be? I don't begrudge them that. Yeah. When it comes to, you know, Mr and Mrs Joe Public in Hong Kong, their attitude is, you know, not let them eat cake, but let them eat leftover cake. I just, I just think it's it's That's outrageous. It's quite good, though. <laughs> you like that, do you? Me but and Marianne, we thought, sat down and worked that out. I thought there was a big deal about kids from Shenzhen apparently taking places. Well, I think of one Hong of the re- kids. E- e- well, one of the reasons why um, the enrolments have gone down is precisely because they've they've cracked down on that. So, but but you know, I mean, whatever the reason, that I'm not doubting the government's figures that enrolments are going down. I do understand Well, that. what are they doing then? Does that mean kids' birth rates no, and it stuff? No, it's to do with birth rate. I think it's also to do with a reduction of, of, of kids coming across the border. So these two things are doing that. But if, you, if it creates an opportunity, why is the first thing you do? And so I'll tell you what, we'll make sure that opportunity never gets to see the light of day. Gone. Gone, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's appalling. It, it's the districts that are going to be most affected by this. The Number one is Tournament. Apparently, Sha Tin is up there mm. as a district that's also going to be affected. And what does this mean in practice? Not only will these children be deprived of the opportunity for going to smaller classes, but they will now have much longer journeys to school. Because the logic says, if you've closed down a primary school in your area, that kid... And, you know, they are guilty because they're born to poor families, so they need to be punished at an early age. We'll have to get on a bus or a minibus or whatever it is and go zooming off to the next village or the next town. But it ain't fair. The knock-on effect is out-of-work teachers as well, surely. Well, isn't that interesting you should say that? Because what they've said... I mean, this, this, this is the bureaucrats. They think, of, they, they, they think of it the wrong way around. What they say is, well, we have natural wastage of teachers by way of retirement of 5% a year, so we can probably absorb all those teachers. But it does mean that as far as graduating uh, teachers, you know, people who've been to Hong Kong Institute of Education are concerned, will there be so many job opportunities? I assume not. It's, it's interesting talking about that natural uh, devolution through retiring and all that sort mm. of stuff. But your average, your average primary school teacher, I would assume, is in their twenties or thirties. I, I don't know that. I mean, just just at the vibe. You know, they're it, young it, anyway. Well, yeah, 
yeah, there are, but there are senior teachers in primary schools. But and anyway, in Hong Kong, you've got this crazy system of people being able to retire so young. So it, it's being all, able to, if they want to, yes. I think they can retire at fifty-five if they want to. But oh. but there's the compulsory retirement age of sixty, which is you know in the modern age is just bonkers. It's a bit really. nuts, isn't it? Anyway, that's that's uh, that's, that's what they do. If you know anything about this, because sometimes parents do write in, drop me a line, morningbrew at rthk.hk. Well, mean, meanwhile, I suppose the real subject that everybody's talking about, and I don't see why we shouldn't, is, um, is, is what's happening in the markets. Because, you know, um, it, it doesn't get much bigger than this. I'm always very cautious to say, you know, they go, oh, my God, the market's gone down 2%. Well, yeah. This isn't what's happening. These are much, much bigger figures. You know, when the market goes down five, six, seven percent, you're talking about. Okay, I give up. I give up. Peter Lewis is drinking coffee with us right now, sitting there quietly. Join in. He's gagging to join (laughs) in. Good morning. (laughs) Well, I'm sure Peter, you'd agree with me. This, this is big stuff that's going on at the moment. It's huge, and the the speed with which it's happened as well. It's just in three weeks that you know this this decline. Didn't I just say to you, how come this has happened? I was. He was explaining to me just before you came in. Well, where the authorities have gone wrong is they say this is irrational on the way down but they never said it was irrational when the market went up 130% a year I mean those China stocks are phenomenally overvalued so if the price comes down to a level which which approaches their, their earning power actually seems to be rational not irrational and it's also very hard to know what is the right level for the stocks but you now have the situation where the government is going to try and decide this is where a company's stock ought to trade this is the p it's on and the market in effect has been suspended half the stocks are no longer trading now I mean, this is not a market anymore you're sitting down in wimpy having a no, oh, no. did you no, know but, but ain't that a fact i mean is there anything worse than government intervention it's failed government intervention yep. so so you've got a government that as you say has condoned because otherwise it couldn't happen the suspension of all these stocks it's ordered the big funds it's ordered sovereign wealth funds to bowl into the market and spend 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 it's it's trying to um create more liquidity in the banks so that people have got money to buy i mean all of these measures and what they're doing uh it hasn't worked nothing yeah. <laughs> And it is extraordinary because you know there's always been times where central banks have intervened in currency markets and bond markets. It's rarer for central banks to just go in and themselves start buying stocks. And I don't think it's ever happened where a government has basically banned selling, banned talking about selling, banned brokers <laughs> from recommending selling stocks. It is I've an interesting thing. Before. I mean, I, I, I want, he was explaining this to me earlier on. It's, it's quite interesting. You know, you were talking about your average person buying their thing and they're not happy with the government. But the newsboys are going to have a field day here because the one thing that's going to make everybody sit up and go, whoa, is headlines like, forget about Greece, here's China. Well, well, look at the figures. Three trillion dollars. I mean, that's ten times the amount of the famous debt that, 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 that yeah. Greece owes to its creditors. Three trillion. I mean, these sums are so... Bo- oh, this is what's been lost, incidentally, in the market. So, I mean, these sums are so <laughs> enormous that I don't think the naked eye can quite quite see them can they and they're being borne by people who can least afford it the people who were buying stocks were teachers students taxi drivers housewives because they were led to believe that the market was just a one-way bet the government was going to support it they piled in on borrowed money and now they can't afford these losses the people who can least afford this and isn't are the it ones a fact that this is a peculiar market because i think it's 75 percent of it 
is is um, occupied by small retail yep. investors. Yep. I mean, that's people need to realise that's very very unusual. I mean, most markets are entirely dominated by institutional investment. And what people have learned is the momentum works both ways. Yes, you can have momentum on the way up, but when it turns, it turns very viciously, as we've seen in the last three weeks. Because that was, I mean, today and yesterday, I don't know, it's just gone... You explained that it was... What was the Dow in 1928? Yeah, ironically, the Dow in the Great Depression after the 1929 crash is actually today that the Dow reached its lowest level in 1932 during the course of the Great Depression. 41 points, And can I just say, in case there's any optimists left in the room, that depression <laughs> of the stock markets only lasted for two decades and was, was finally sorted out by something called a world war. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but it did effectively last yeah. for two decades. But back to where you started just now, you went, oh, the blimey, the market, would you Adam and Eve it? What is it your, what's your beef with the, the, the local stuff happening right now? Well, I, I don't have it. That's the point. I don't really have a beef. I think the market is operating. I mean, the good thing about the Hong Kong market is it's liquid. If you want to sell a share, you can go and you can phone up your broker or whatever you do and you can sell it, which isn't the case in China. And you don't have... Um, these these people from the finance ministry or from the central bank telling you what to do. I mean, this is, you know, China is trying to build an international stock market. And now, when it gets into problems, it's saying, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to stop this trading, we're going to suspend these shares, we're going to do this and that. Who in their right mind will go into a market where there's a very, very real prospect that you may be trapped? You've bought a share and you can't get out. And they've done real damage to the credibility and the reputation of the market that has been built up over a number of years. And the Chinese government has said all along, we want to have a more market-based economy. And that's all gone into reverse in the space of about a week. And there are brokers in China who are calling me up saying, you know, we can't operate in this market anymore. Foreigners are saying, how can we possibly buy a market where you can't trade half the stocks anymore? It will do an enormous damage to the credibility of the market. You know the point at which I knew that... that, that well, like you didn't know, but... It's like a Gary, they, Gary Larson cartoon, this, <laughs> listening to you. No, boys. but they were, they, they were completely stark staring bonkers. Was when they said, we've discovered there's short selling in the market. That's appalling. Well, I mean, to, to put it bluntly, what is short selling? Short selling is people taking a bet on share prices going down. Um, uh... Yeah, that's how stock markets what's work. What's wrong with that? But you know, if you're going to have a stock market, you're going to have short selling. So, I mean, they're trying to defy gravity. They're trying to say, well, oh, there's something very sinister about this. People betting on share prices going down. Ooh, we can't have that in the stock market. All right, thanks. Lecture over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well done, Peter. We'll be back after the, the, the news. The, the, the news. <laughs> Whatever it's called. Whatever the news is called. Uh, anything you want to chuck in, morningbrew at rthk.hk. Still in with Steve Vines. I want to ask you a bit about this IT bureau thing. It strikes me it's become rather a pawn, if you like, and if CY Learn were to ask for a hot dog stand right now, there'd be a punch-up. Well, I think, in, in one way, that's slightly unfair, but, you know, we're, not, know, here to be, to we're not here to be fair. But, I mean, just, just let, let's reel back. What, what happened was that, that CY came up with this idea of, a, of an IT bureau because, of course, there's nothing better for a bureaucracy than to have a new bureau to coordinate things. And IT... Did you know? Can I share this with listeners? Sure. It's the coming thing. It's in. Yes, it's in. It's the it thing. It's in. It's it. 
So, so an IT bureau, gosh, new bureaucracy, coming thing, what what's not to like? The only problem with it is, is that, um, other than the fact that CY Lung's so keen on it, is that uh, uh, what actually is it going to do? Well, that's what, what is I'm, it going to do? You know, I, he's, found, he's found somebody to run it. Well, that's very nice. And I'm sure they've got an office and I'm sure they've got staff. And I'm going to bet you they've got computers because apparently that's what you have in offices these days. So they've got all of the gear. But, but stubbornly, Legco was saying, well, you know, if you want your IT bureau, what about bunging a bit of money to, to, to elderly people or to education? And they're going, no, no, no. The really priority thing for Hong Kong is to have an IT bureau. And I heard the, and he must be true, because I heard it from the chief executive himself yesterday, that this is now urgent. But what is it? What, what is the urgency? What's the hold? Does anybody know what? What seriously? Well, it this is could turn supposed out to be a to very be... viable thing, but we just don't know what well, it is. Well, it is supposed to be coordinating the IT work of the government. I don't actually know what that means. I'll to tell me. you though, somebody needs to. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if you could tell me what is urgent about this, or what tangible results it's going to produce. I mean, they have they have a science part, they have cyberport, they have an IT fund, they have all this stuff. And none of it has, has added up added up to a row of beans. The fact that you'll now have a bureau controlling all these things, well, what's that going to do? And why has this become... I mean, I say porn, you know well, what I'm talking I, about? I, I, it's a I bargaining think, chip I, from... I mean, having said you're being a bit unfair, I think the fact of the matter is that the legislators don't like it because CY Learn likes it. I think that's, you know, that's the bottom line there. And they're saying, well, you know, if you want that, give us this. And he's going... Well, that's fair. That's normal. That's, that's what's called horse trading. That's what's called politics. And if you remember, after the defeat of the constitutional reform proposals, C.Y. Lung and all his boys came out and said, all right, we're not doing politics anymore. We're only doing economic and, 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 and social matters. So, you know, we're going to focus you what, on though, that. You... And then he said, <laughs> and we're going to open much more dialogue with the opposition... So he's had one meeting, literally, one meeting with, with various members of the opposition camp, and he's going, well, that's dialogue. We don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, Thank you very much. I, th- I thought you were going to say after the defeat of the reform proposal, he was straight down one chai with a bottle of Jack Daniels into a dark corner of the Queen Victoria. If I believe for one moment that he was the sort of person who'd do that, he, my, my estimation would, would rise a bit, but I don't, I don't see him... Well, I don't like Jack Daniels, but let's not quibble over the bottle. Yeah. But I don't see him as a fella who who, who would sit down in the Singing bar, country songs could, to himself could, in could, the corner. Could, <laughs> convivially discussing with other chaps. No. I don't think that's going to happen. But, I mean, this is, just a, this is just a complete amount of horlicks. I mean, the idea that it's urgent to have a new bureau for anything always strikes me as bizarre. But the idea that, that, that this somehow is going to transform Hong Kong's, I don't know what, high-tech future i don't know does anybody do you know what this is meant to be this is a genuine innocent question what's it meant to do well if anybody can enlighten us i'm sitting Chris here waiting. on its way to you <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile while all of this is going on i mean you've got to love these people in the pro establishment camp they, they've now breathed a sigh of relief because they won't have to have anything uh, approaching an election for the next chief executive but they're all clambering up so you see this storm of media interest in a handshake that John Jung, the financial secretary, had with President Xi Jinping when he was in Beijing, and they're all going, oh, 
Gosh, that's a sign, isn't it? That's it's an a endorsement. Sign. You know, I mean, in, in case anybody was under any stupid illusion that these 1,200 election committee people actually make up their own mind, well, you know, that's for the fairies. Because I think you're being a bit unfair now. I One am or... being a bit unfair. Yeah. A couple of them, yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, what they're saying is, well, it was the handshake that done it for Tung Chi Wah. It was the handshake that done it for Donald Junk, which actually, I suppose, is true. But, you know, we don't know who's running for this. And what's interesting is, who's putting themselves forward? I mean, John Jung... Or, incidentally, all the candidates are denying that they're candidates, so they must be candidates, if you can work that out. So you've got John Jung, who, who presumably is a viable candidate. You've got, you've got his predecessor, Lexis Leung, Anthony Leung, who's going around saying, I'm not a candidate, I'm not a candidate. It's just a coincidence By the way, that... got a new moat. I've got a new motor, uh, which I bought myself. It's just a coincidence that if you look anywhere in Hong Kong on the MTR or anywhere else, there's a picture of me uh, at, at the top of a poster about a new foundation that my mate Tung Chi Wah set up. That's all p- perfectly coincidence. And then you've got... You've got, <laughs> you've got to laugh. Because you, you've got this succession of useless people putting themselves forward. You've got Henry Tang popping up and going, going oh, don't, don't forget me, I might have had a little scandal, but I'm very tall and um, I'm, I'm, I'm a viable contender. Nobody weathered that like a king. Well, wh- what I'm saying is, and then you've got, you've got so, so-called dark horses, you've got Anthony Jung, who, who, who's, you know, Secretary for Transport and most other things, who, who sort of had a dalliance with the Democrats in an earlier life, saying, well, he might be a compromise candidate, maybe we'll have him. And then you've got my very favourite candidate, and if anyone is to win through self-belief, I think Regina it oh, come on. deserves it for self-belief. Sorry, I don't mean, oh, come on. What I mean is the outpouring after the tears and da-da-da-da-da, people saying, well, she's blown it there. Well... Bye let's bye. see. Let's see. I mean, you, you don't get... The current system that you have in Hong Kong doesn't produce somebody who the public likes. I mean, the public have barely heard of Tung Chi Wah when he was appointed... Oh, sorry, elected um, as the first chief executive. I don't believe there was a public yearning to have um, C.Y. Leung and the 689 people who voted for him in the election committee certainly represented the 689 people who voted for him. I don't know whether they represented the public... On and on it goes. And by the by, one person who is very much a candidate is indeed C.Y. Leung, because he has the possibility of serving a second term, and he is showing every sign of wanting to do that. And the only way he can do that is to get the endorsement of the people in Beijing. And if he gets that, those people on the election committee will do what they're told, because they're those sort of people. But it is interesting. I like to see in the pro-establishment camp I mean, this subtle, you know, please, sir, I'm more, 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 you know, better than what he is. She's a bit smelly. That one, you know, cool. I mean, you know, sir, honestly, I could do anything you tell me, I could do it. And all of this is going on. It's very unedifying. But for those of us who are sad enough to be sort of following it, it's Mm. quite amusing. So the stuff we've seen about uh, Jasper. I don't think for one moment that he's... Uh, well, you, you're quite right. I mean, his name has been mentioned as a candidate. And he's the only one of those people who is quite definitely a Communist Party member and, and therefore should, you would have thought, 
be more acceptable to Beijing, but I think precisely because he actually has a long history of commitment, uh, he's more independently minded. And until this nonsense the other day was looking really quite good. He was, he was. So, you know, he says he's out of politics, he's going to have... It's funny, they're all going to set up think tanks. There's more bleeding think tanks in Hong Kong than most people have oh, oh, had hot this cups This makes me laugh. I think you and, if you and I set one up, it would just be called a tank. Yes, <laughs> yes. With a, with what a, do they do? What do they do? Do they say, let, you know, let's have a well, think? Well, you know, I mean, Ronnie, Tom, sit down Ronnie Tom said and... he was going to set up a think tank. And the next minute he said, oh, well, when I say think tank, we are going to be running candidates in the, <laughs> in the district council elections. And if you go to the area where I live, which is where he is indeed a, a, a representative, um, he's suddenly there's a whole flurry of Ronnie Tong posters up saying... Everything short of vote for me. Hits out now. So you know, I mean, I don't blame him. But you, my view is, if you're going to form a political party, don't be so coy about it. Don't, don't call, call it, it a think, think tank. tank. You know, be, be a bit brave. You know, this business with with um, Anthony Leung and and Tung Chiwa's think tank. I mean, obviously, that's a, a little incubator for for him to become chief executive. I mean. Don't Come you on, think, boys, though, don't be embarrassed. When people don't about, be embarrassed. Clean your hands. When people talk about think tanks, though, it's a bit Barclays Bank, isn't it? it? Is, really? Isn't it? Oh, we're in a think tank. We're in a think tank, yes. What do we do? Just sit around thinking. Yes. Thinking. Well, well, actually, I've forgotten Henry, the great the great brain, Henry Tang, is also going to set up a think tank. Think pool. There must be, actually, there must be a queue to get in. Uh, incidentally, if there are any younger listeners listening, there's great career opportunities in think tanks. There's so many of them being set up. I've, I've never and you could shuffle paper for for, um, for whoever it is you want to shuffle paper for. And, of course, most of those things, like the C.H. Tung one and no doubt the Henry Tang one, will be very well financed. So, you know, if you get a job in one of them, you you, you might get is some it a folding job? notes. That's what I was going to say. Is it a job? I mean, Well, it will be for some people. You get paid for thinking I, in a tank. I should think so. <laughs> I should think so. But I mean, this is this goes into one of these things that there there are words that if you if you focus on these words, you go ugh. And, no. and of course, we've I've talked always, about I've what's always, a hub apart from a thing that's a on a car wheel. Yeah, I know what that hub is. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's are they going to broker deals? Broker deals? They're going to no, leverage things. I think they're going to leverage opportunities. Are they? Yes. And here's the big one. Come on. And you've never heard this before. They're going to think out of the box. Think out of the box. <laughs> I've always wondered about that. Think out of the box. It's like the existential dog that pees outside yes. the box. <laughs> enough tanking. Enough, enough tanking. What enough. are we going to finish Where's up Where's old Brecht when you need him? That's what I say. It's just a bit odd. It's just a bit odd what happens in a think tank. <laughs> Go on, I don't know. Well, can I actually end yes. on some good news? Oh. <laughs> some good news. Go on, then. We have it from no lesser person than the Development Secretary that, that the country parts are going to get a reprieve for two, year, for two years till the end of the current administration. Yeah, they, yeah. Ain't going to be, they ain't going to be snatching bits of the country park to build... Council estates. Or not, not something as well. Well, whatever. Yeah. But, <clears throat> I mean, it is kind of good news because um, there has been a lot of voices raised, some of them surprisingly in the development community. Oh, yes. Of... Hey, how come so much of Hong Kong is clogged up with this green stuff? We could get our hands on it. We could get some serious building going on. Well, he said um, for the next couple of years to the end of the administration, that ain't going to happen. I'd like to have uh, 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 an assurance that they'll actually abide by the law because the Country Parks Ordinance is a law, funnily enough, and it says you ain't supposed to be building there. What I mean, the idea that you have to make a special announcement to say that you're not going to break the law... That's interesting. 